Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Hello, AJ. How are you today? Hey, Jen. I'm great. How about you? Awesome. I am super excited about this podcast. Because we are talking about a woman in the Bible who I know that you particularly appreciate and love. So I'm looking forward to hearing your insights on this. But before we do that, I have, as always, a question for you. Okay, I am geared up and ready. Go for it. Okay, this one's going to get a little personal. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Not personal to you. which may be even worse. Okay. So here's the thing. For those of you who do not know, AJ and I each have four children. Okay. So we just, we have, we have four kids. And if anyone has ever been around children, you know, that they're all very, very different. And even if they live in your household and all, everything is sort of the same, they're still very, very different. So AJ, my question to you is, can you give us an example of how your children who are, you know, have the same influences in their lives are showing remarkable differences. <laughs> oh my, can I ever? And, yes. and don't throw any of them under the bus here because they might okay. listen one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will be very tame in my comments, <laughs> but all four of my kids are very different from each other. There are some things that they have that are similar, but they're all very different. My two girls are extremely different. So they're both the same age. They're both 14 now, which I cannot believe it. Um, one is biological and one is adopted and their personalities are like night and day, which is actually a really good thing because they get along super well. Praise the Lord. They wow, never fight. Like awesome. My girls never fight. Wow. <laughs> it's just amazing. Right. But they are so different. So the other day I went into their room And I actually took a picture of this because it was just so funny. It cracked me up. So one of my daughters had her bed perfectly made. Everything was like tucked nice and neat. Her side of the nightstand, because there's like a nightstand between their beds, her half of the nightstand (laughs) was all cleared and perfect, right? (laughs) Well, the other side of the room was a disaster. There's clothes all over the floor. The bed was unmade and even her half of the nightstand was messy. There was like trash hanging off of it. A half read book opened. Like it was, it was insane. (laughs) It's like the tape down the middle of the room. Exactly. Exactly. And I just, I just chuckled to myself because I'm like this, these are my girls right here. This is like a total picture of who they are. So this is impromptu part B of that question. Um, the, which one takes after you in these habits? You know what? I'm not telling. <laughs> you just answered. <laughs> well, it's really funny because I can tend to be messy, but I also like organization. And so I'm a little bit of both, like, mm-hmm. honest to goodness, I'm a little bit of both. And I will say the daughter who's super neat I relate to her personality a lot more than the other one. And, and that is the one is the creative, isn't she? 
Yes. She's the she one that I can, relate. she's the one I relate to. Yes. And she likes to talk a lot. And the other one does not like to talk so much. So, I mean, really, yes, they're me and you all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I've met them. I've met them. I can see it totally. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Well, that's good. So we, I asked that question for a reason and not complete randomness. Because if anyone knows Martha in scripture, who I've already given the spoiler that we're going to be talking about today, this is episode four of our faithful um, series, which is we're talking, looking at four different women in the Bible. And the last woman that we're going to be looking at is Martha. And she is a sister, right? So mm-hmm. she is a sister to Mary and also to um, Lazarus. So tell us a little bit about Martha. Well, I think if we start with Martha, the thing that everybody probably initially thinks of is how she's a worry wart, right? She's worrying in the kitchen. Worker bee. Yes. A little worker bee. She is doing all the things and is a little bit put out that her sister, Mary is not chiming in or, or, you know, carrying her weight. And that's kind of how we summarize Martha and it is so insufficient. Like that view of Martha just does not cut it. And I would love for us all to change our perspective of Martha after today's podcast. So Jen, hopefully you can help us with that. Yeah. Well, I think Martha is a very interesting person because I relate to her a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I relate to her, um, not necessarily the fact that she's like the super hostess with the mostest, cause that's really not my personality, honestly, honestly. Um, but the fact that she was chiding her sister to some degree, and I can kind of see myself doing that mm-hmm. and kind of being a bit of a tattletale about it, you know, but Jesus, my sister's not helping me to clean up, blah, blah. So I can see that a little bit. But I think the lessons that Martha learns are lessons that we need to learn. I think that that is the really the importance of Martha in the word is she is showing us things that we need to we need to understand and we need to learn. So, yeah. Do you want to tell us your takeaway from Martha? Sure. So. I really love John 11 because this is where Jesus really intentionally encounters Martha. Uh-huh. So, and the, the interesting thing about John 11 on the chronological timeline of Martha's life is that this occurs after the whole kitchen scene, right? right. So after the Mary and Martha, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, Mary chose the better part. And Martha's a little chided over here in the corner. Well, (laughs) after that is when we get to John 11, where Jesus specifically goes out of his way for this encounter with Martha. And I love this because it shows how pursuing he was of her, how accepting he was of her, but also how he wasn't going to let her remain in that worrisome state that she was in. And this is just him. This is the shepherd pursuing his sheep. And when you read this chapter with that background and that understanding, it changes everything. And it changes, it changes Martha, as we will see. And as you, I'm sure that this is one of the things that you're going to bring out too, Jen. Uh, Jesus loved Martha. Mm -hmm. He loved her and he wanted her to know that. 
So all throughout this this uh, chapter, we see that. We see his love pursuing her. We see it changing her. We see her responding to it. And we see him being very effective in the way that he shows her his love. And it's just a very, very powerful chapter. Um, but the verse that I want to really pull out is verse, well, there's two verses, verse 25, where Jesus said to Martha, this is Martha and Jesus interacting here. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so here Jesus is, is calling her out on her faith and asking her, what do you really believe? And then over in verse 40, and this is um, after Jesus tells them to take away the stone of Lazarus, who, who is dead. Jesus looks to, to Martha and he says to her in verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That to me is so powerful because Jesus is really calling out the faith in Martha and he's promising her, if you will believe me, if you will put your faith in me, you will see the glory of God. And that is true for all of us. When we put our faith in God, we get front row seats to his glory. And we're not guaranteed what what that is that we're going to see. They weren't guaranteed that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, right? There was no guarantee as to what the glory is. And yet, when we actively put our faith in Christ, we are promised to see his glory in some way, fashion, or form. And that to me, just wow, I can just sit with that for days and just relish it because that is so, so, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that almost shows a little bit of her transformation right there because yeah. he's first telling her, you're right back up at the top, you know, he's kind of explaining to her, to her, if you believe in me, then you will not die. And then he's saying, you know, basically if you believe you'll see the glory of God and here we are. So it's kind of implying to us that she is, she's turning around and, and yeah. by the gentle admonition and teaching of Christ, that's right. Is you know, what we also have benefit of, right? Yeah. Through yeah. the word, we have the same exact teaching and admonition that Martha did. That's right. And our transformation can be just the same. You know, when we take that word that we see on the pages of scripture and we let them sink and root into our hearts, we are being transformed as well. And, and Jesus notices that transformation. He sees it happening you know, and, and then we get to see the glory. So yeah. it's just, I just and, love this chapter. Yeah. And, you know, I do too. And I'm, and I'm going to talk about this chapter too, just say, but I, but, you know, looking back, even right above that, right before that, when Martha responds to him and says, you know, basically he stinks, you know, he's mm-hmm. got an odor, he's been dead for four days. And then the very next thing he says is that I'm not tell you if you believe you too. It's almost like he's anticipating her belief. Right. You know, it's more than, it's more than, I mean, she is transforming, but she has not reached that point of belief. It's, we talked about in the episode last week 
about unbelief and yet believing through your unbelief. And, uh, you know, and there is that the verse in Mark, right? The, the father in Mark, Mark nine, where he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And mm-hmm. it's the same situation here where she's saying, you know, he stinks, he's dead. And right. Jesus is saying, you know, if you believe you'll see the glory of God. And she does see the glory of God, which right. means that he's, he, he's, he's anticipating her transformation even before it's complete. Yeah, that's right. And actually that reminds me back in verse 15 of this chapter where Jesus said, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Mm-hmm. So he was anticipating this. It was like he was waiting for death and waiting for days of death so that he could initiate this belief in their hearts. And so that they would come to a place of faith. Wow. That is just so powerful. That was his aim through this entire event was to spark and fuel faith in their hearts. Yeah. I love that. The point that I was going to bring out also comes from this chapter. Um, So I encourage everyone that is, whether you're familiar with this story or not of Lazarus, go back to chapter 11 of John and reread it. And allow God to speak to you in new ways, because he will speak to you in new ways each time you read his word. But what I wanted, the point I wanted to kind of pull out was back up in, it's kind of in between the two places that you mentioned. So, and by the way, we had no idea what our points were going to be coming into this, um, but right. I think yeah. <laughs> worked beautifully together because mine was back up in verse 33 So he was talking to Mary at this point, Mary and Martha together. They both, obviously they were sisters. They were very upset. They were like, you know, Lord, if you'd been here, he would not have died. And in verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And then the verse we all memorize for Vacation Bible School, because it's the shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five says, Jesus wept. Here's the thing. Jesus knew the power of death and he knew his power to overcome death. He knew this going in. This is again, this is why he, he, he kind of delayed and tarried. He knew that he also knew here comes your spoiler. He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's been dead for four days. He literally stinks. The King James version says he stinketh. He literally stinks. And he, there's no, no doubt that he's dead and he is raised from the dead. Well, Jesus knows that he has the power to do this and he knows that he's going to do it. So why is he crying? Why is he weeping? Is he weeping over the loss of Lazarus when he knows he's about to raise him from the dead? He's weeping because of his love for Mary and Martha and these people that are gathered who are weeping. And that has always hit me with such intensity that even though God knows my future, Christ knows my future, I even know my eventual future because if I'm trusting in him, I know one day I will live forever with him. You know, there is still weeping in this life. There is still pain. There is still hardship. There is still trouble. We're promised that. And 
we have a, 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 a Christ. We have a father. We have, we have a Jesus who weeps with us and mm-hmm. he weeps because he loves us. And Martha, w- along with Mary are put here to show Jesus's love for them and his love for us as well. Even though he knows that in just a minute, all the tears are going to be dried, mm-hmm. but he still loved them enough to weep for them. Just to add to that a little bit, I think that weeping with others can be such a powerful gift to give them, you know, as Jesus demonstrated here for his friends. And as you said, he knew what he was going to do. He knew that their weeping would turn to joy. Their tears would turn to joy, but he understood that it was painful that they were grieving. I remember the first time in, I was in, I was a senior in high school and I told one of my friends, we were on our senior trip. And I told one of my friends about something tragic that had happened to me in my childhood. And I remember her listening to me with tears rolling down her face. And she just cried over that. And it was the first time somebody had ever cried about something that happened to me, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of their own pain. And I still have not forgotten that. It was such a powerful gift that she gave me that day, it, it really brought some healing to me because it validated the pain that I had felt. Right. And so I think that just giving others the gift of grief, not words, but just grief can be so powerful. And I encourage us to do that with one another as believers in Christ, you know, it's okay to sit with that pain. Yes. It's, it's great to rejoice and it's great to share promises and truths that are encouraging, but also just sitting there and giving that grief back is a blessing too. So yeah, I just want to validate that. And heartfelt mourning does not indicate a lack of faith, right? That is really important to know if you are mourning and if you are grieving, it does not indicate a lack of your faith of your final you know, of the, of the final victory that has been won because Christ knew that he had no lack of faith, but he still mourned with them. So while we're talking about this story really quickly, I did want to also mention, and this, I think will round out what you were talking about, about uh, Martha's belief. So, you know, basically if, if you know the story, or even if you don't know the story, basically what happens is Christ goes up, um, Jesus goes up to the tomb. He asks, the stone to be moved. And that's when Martha says, but he kind of stinks, Jesus, you don't understand. And he said, you know, go ahead and do it. And then he says, he cried out in a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his feet and hands were bound and his face was wrapped. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. And I think this is one of the more powerful examples of the gospel in the Bible. It's one of the most literal and powerful examples of the gospel. And one of the reasons why I think that it, it, it was so powerful in Martha's belief that Lazarus did nothing to come out of the grave. Lazarus did. He was dead. He was bound completely. He did nothing. It was all Christ who said, Lazarus, come out. it was all Christ and Christ raised him from the dead. He came out and then Christ asked his friends to unbind him. And I think this is so important for us to remember as a picture 
of the gospel and what happens on the cross and when we are saved, what happened on the cross and when we trust in the cross, that it is not anything that we do. We are also dead, just like Lazarus. We are stinky. We are dead in our sins. And it was, it's not us unwrapping our grave clothes and coming out and rolling away the stone ourselves and meeting Christ halfway. It's not it. It's Christ literally saying, get up and then having others unwrap us. And that's part of our sanctification. I think we need others as part of our sanctification. And it's just a beautiful metaphor to me. And, and, and I think that it's seeing this is part of what Martha saw in saying, you know, going from the unbelief to, to more faith and more belief because she sees that picture and we have that picture now. And, and that it was a foreshadowing of what would happen on the cross and how we are also rescued from death and the grave. Yeah. And, and that kind of gives the, a double meaning or a, a hundredfold meaning to those words that Jesus said, if you believe you will see the glory of God, Yes, you know, which applies to all of us. If yeah. we believe we will see the glory of God, we will see him take life from death. You know, he, we will see him transform us and make us into new creations in Christ when we place our trust. So yes, it all goes back to the gospel and it's just beautifully shown in this passage. Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. I love it. And um and again, I'm going to encourage you all to, to just take time today to read it. If you are listening, whenever you're listening to this, you may be listening on the go, you may be in the car, don't read it now if you're in the car. <laughs> but <laughs> next time you have the opportunity, read this passage and look at it through the lens of the gospel and how Jesus was ad- admonishing and teaching Martha, how Martha was coming into belief and how this is a picture of how we too are saved. So um, yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Okay. So for our reader question, okay, we're, we, we always close out with a reader question or a listener question. I should listener. say, yeah, listener is better. We, so I, you know, I think I know the answer to this, Jen, but I'm not sure that I know the full answer to this. So I'm very interested oh. in this myself. All right. So, well, I'm curious. <laughs> So tell us, do I know the answer to this? (laughs) Tell us about your siblings. Do you have siblings, older, younger genders, all of that? Tell us about your siblings. Well, it's really easy. I only have one sibling and I have a brother who is younger. He's four years younger than me. And so, yeah, he lives a couple hours away. He has a wife and a child. And so one of the things, because he was, we were so far apart in age, we didn't have a lot and he was a boy and I was a girl. We didn't have a lot of common ground growing up, Um, but we did take a lot of road trips. You remember the age of the road trip? Oh oh yes. Oh yeah. We did. We did the same thing. You know, we, (laughs) when we traveled anywhere and we never went like, I don't have a lot of memory of this is going to sound bad, but it's just a different time. We didn't like do a lot of vacations and things. Our road trips were like to visit family and to go to family reunions and to, to do things with the church. And I mean, you know, those were our road trips, but we had a lot of road trips. And so I have memory. This reminds me of your story. I have memory of in the back of the station wagon, having a line 
a line in the sand, so to speak, but it was a line on the station wagon seat where he was not to pass and I was not to pass on these long 12, 15 hour drives across the country. And that was parentally imposed, I bet, right? I, well, I don't, maybe, maybe they made the suggestion, but this was like pre, and this sounds terrible to say, but it was before seat belts. So we weren't strapped in. So literally, we could bother each other from across the seat. We could like get into each other's spaces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and like, we we had we had a line. We had a tape that was like masking tape that was put on the seat. That is really really funny. Well, I'm glad that my daughters don't require that level. But I will say, <laughs> it was just for long trips, though. I mean, it was yeah. 12 hours in the car with your brother. Is tough. It's tough. That is that is. So were you bossy? <laughs> well, what do you say? <laughs> No incrimination here. You no. Have, what about your siblings? <laughs> How many siblings do you have? So I have one older brother, two younger sisters, and then a baby brother who wraps this all up. So mm-hmm. there were five in my family. I'm one of five children. So yeah. it was very special. But one of the things that I remember with my older brother. Don't tell the fishing hook story again. No, I won't. That was... I. I don't know if that was my older brother or my younger brother who did that. Probably no, my I can brother. look at a previous listen to previous episode and AJ has a really, really horrendous fishing hook story. So yeah, just which probably borders on the edge of a little inappropriate. A little but. inappropriate. But it's okay. Go back and listen. All right. Moving on. This one is not inappropriate. This is just one that I happen to think of because you know, we were we grew up in a rural area. Okay. So So it was very, um, very casual and laid back and we did not have a TV in our home. So we spent, I spent my entire childhood, like running around outside and my older brother, one day he took me up on top of this old dilapidated building and the roof was falling in and stuff. So he like told me only walk on the places where you can see the nails. Cause that means there's a board under there. Right. (laughs) So like I figured out all this stuff as a, as a wild kid. So when it comes time to get down off of the roof, though, that was the problem. So we were like stuck up here on this roof. So my brother told me, well, here, come over here to the side. There's this tree here. Just jump down, grab onto the limb, and it'll like swing you down to the ground. Gently, gently. Right, right, right. (laughs) So this is what he's telling me, right? So he does it. He like jumps. He takes his leap and jumps and grabs hold it and and goes down the ground and says, see, it's so easy. It's so easy. Do it. So I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm bolstered by my own, my, by my other brother's confidence and the fact that he did this. So I jump. Okay. My hands slip off of the branch. I fall smack on my dad, on my back and I lose my breath. I'd never lost my breath before. And I really thought I was dying. I was like, (laughs) I'm dying. And he's just leaning over me, laughing his head off. And I'm so mad because I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> you needed Jesus right then. <laughs> That's right. He should have preached the gospel to me in that moment. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. You so know it was. Siblings are really, really good um, for sanctification. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> All right. So now you know our dirty little sibling secrets. They let's study the siblings in the Bible, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, bringing that right back around. Yeah, that's right. Go check out the show notes at sojohub.com backslash women zero one two episode 12. 
Can you believe wow. that? So sojohub.com backslash women 012. Um, There's some show notes. There's also a free gift there. There's a scripture reading plan that includes 31 women in the Bible, where you can find their stories and how you can be bolstered and encouraged by the faith um, and sometimes the lack of faith in some of these women and how it will teach us as we are sojourning together. Um, If you want to study deeper about these women, we are studying about this in Sojo Academy and a study called Faithful Women in the Bible. And um, if if you're listening to this a long time from when we're recording it, you can still find it. We'll have links in the show notes. So head over there, check it out, and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Sojo Show. We are so grateful that you did. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to spread the good news of the gospel in such a fun and unique way. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you would leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening to this podcast or subscribe to the show. Also, tell your friends. That's the number one way we get people finding out about who we are. And we really appreciate you sharing The Sojo Show. We'll be back every Monday, digging into the truth of God's word, sharing, laughing, um, glorifying God in all that we do, and hopefully encouraging women from all over the world in the truth of the gospel. Talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by Sojo Academy, an ongoing membership for Christian women that provides a practical, streamlined spiritual growth plan for every woman. We would love for you to check it out at SojoAcademy.com and come join this vibrant group of women as we sojourn together. All right. So this is um, for number... Oh, we need to write that number. Podcast number what? 11? 12. 12? Or 13? Wait, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.